welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I'm Fergus. Today I'm joined with uh, old man Trev, as always. Um, and Raymond. Raymond is from Red Action. Uh, Raymond does a lot of work for the club. Uh, and that big, big, big flag you see on the North Bank um, is all Raymond's work. And I thought it would be a really good time, especially in this lockdown where we've got nothing to talk about football, that was trying to reach out and talk to different people uh, who are involved and are so passionate about Arsenal Football Club, like all of us are. Uh, And I met Raymond um, and had a a couple of beers, only a couple, Raymond. Uh, I I had a couple of beers with him um, after we had been to the VAR uh, meeting beginning in March uh, at the Arsenal boardroom. Uh, It was really good to meet you. We got in touch on Twitter. And um, we thought we'd do this for about a half hour. So if you'd like to introduce yourself and just explain what you do, uh, I'll leave it over to you. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on, Ferguson Trev. Um, so Red Action was formed back in 2004, so an age ago now. And you think about, obviously, we were still at Highbury and we had a great team, but we didn't really have the atmosphere to match. So having always been interested in the fan culture kind of stuff, the visual stuff, the chanting, etc., something I've always been interested in since I was younger, um, I just kind of started getting in touch with the club and thinking about any ideas that, that, that we could try or anything like that to kind of improve the match day in, engagement, really, and really met up with some like-minded fans. So Arsenal were quite open to that um, and, you know, set up a few people who suggested it, people who'd written into the programme and stuff like that. That's how long ago it was. Um, we're just trying to get some like-minded people together and we ended up getting invited into a meeting, sat in one of the executive boxes in the clock end. Again, it sounds like an age ago. Um, and just kind of kicked around some ideas, really. And then we made some um, contacts between the supporters um, and we, we, you know, we started meeting up on match days and, you know, going for a pint and having the crack and all that kind of stuff. But then also trying to get a little bit more structure into what we were doing. Um, the, the club were quite open to it, um, had a little bit of a budget for us to buy flags, banners, various things like that. Um, and it kind of grew from there, really. Um, so, again, obviously, we had a great team. Um, but we had similar issues to what we have now. So um, obviously Highbury was called the library, you know, for a reason. Um, and it's obviously a lot of the same people are going there. And, and we have consistently struggled with really the numbers of, in, in, of supporters who want to engage in a home game. So that is no different now. Here we are all the way in 2020 um, and Red Action is still going. We've had some success down the years, obviously paid a, a bit of a part in the stadium move with setting up a, kind of what was known as a singing section in, in, in Block 6, which is uh, obviously Block 6 is still there today, but I think the demographic is very different now. Um, and there's some things that we tried that didn't quite work and, and, and things that we tried to um, introduce that we just wanted to try. And, and like I say, some things worked and some things didn't. Why do you think that Block 6 has changed so much? I'm in, I'm in Block 5 and Trevor's in Block 7, so we're, we're both either side of it. So what do you think has changed so much in Block 6? Well, I think the, the, a lot of the same people are in there. And we're all 15 years older now. Um, you know, as much as you might think, a lot of people think they're different, but you don't make as much noise in your mid-40s as you did in your mid-20s. I, I certainly know that. Um, and I think the demographic has changed. People have got a little bit older. Um, obviously, pricing is an issue. Um, empty seats, people are selling on tickets, various other things like that. Um, there's some people in there who um, kind of have found themselves in there from buying a ticket off a town or buying a ticket online. And it's not quite the same engagement that we had in the first couple of years. 
obviously we had a shiny new stadium and it was all exciting and you got to stand with your mates and, and in theory stand amongst uh, like-minded people. Uh, but things change and, and people don't generally have given up their season tickets there to go into the upper tier because obviously the upper tier is much more expensive. So there hasn't really been any churn if you talk to the box office and things like that about areas uh, where season tickets get renewed and where they don't get renewed. Although the overall churn across the stadium is pretty low, it is smallest of all in, in block six. So people just don't give up their season tickets in that area. Mm. So, and you can't really move people on when they get past a certain age or anything like that. That's just, you know, you can't really, you can't really um, act upon that kind of stuff. So it needs a little bit of a freshen up, but you know, we are where we are. And that's, I'm sure we'll talk, we'll talk later on about Ashburton Army and some of the other really positive stuff Definitely. that's going on kind Definitely. of with a different age group and a different demographic and a different part of the ground. Um, and how obviously, you know, we all support the same team at the end of the day. Um, yeah, no, that's absolutely. the kind of thing that we're looking forward to um, and working with those guys and sharing some of our learnings and the things that have worked for us and maybe the things that haven't worked for us and hopefully at some point kind of passing that baton over. Trev, you've been going since God was a boy, uh, 1970. You've been at Highbury. Uh, you would have seen the, the emergence of um, Red Army, uh, sorry, Red Action um, at... Um, at Highbury, and subsequently you had wit witnessed it while you're in Block Seven uh, in the North Bank. Uh, have you noticed a change? Have you noticed it grow, improve? Yeah, I, I, I can sort of agree agree with Raymond ninety uh, percent of what he says. He, I agree with Fergus. Age plays a massive part. I mean, I stand in Block Seven now, and and I like to have a little sing song and a shout on the screen, but nowhere near the level we used to. There's, I don't get involved. I'd have heart attack at my age if I got involved as much as I used to. But uh, it's it's the the one thing that 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 that, I, that confuses me is that what well, doesn't confuse me is that I, there is there is we are capable of making an atmosphere in the Emirates. There are the odd occasion when you hear the when the big games and the big we beat Tottenham four two or we score a last minute winner to beat Leicester four three the roof comes off the place you know um, so it can happen but why it doesn't happen like from the start of every game who knows you know um, I don't know I, I don't know that much about Red Action Raymond so so how how what what's your setup and what input do you still have with the club then. So the support liaison officer is a guy that I know very well and a guy that we've built relationships with uh, over the, the last uh, five or ten years when he's been that, in that role. Um, and the, the predecessor before him, the Jill Smith, who was an absolute legend in, in Arsenal circles. So it's just about working with them and, and coming with our ideas um, and what we want to do, the big games that we focus on, various other things like that, certain initiatives. There will also be things that, that Arsenal want to kind of um, drum up support for uh, in, in the match going fan base and, and stuff that will help them promote. Um, we've got quite a decent um, online uh, social media footprint and stuff like that. And we can share some various messages around that. Um, and it, it's just about building that relationship really. So we've talked to them about, you know, with card displays and stuff like that. For example, the Bayern Munich one, um, it was five or six years ago now, I think, but when we could turn the whole ground red and white as the team came out of the tunnel uh, for, a, for a Champions League knockout game, uh, that was something that was really positive. Some of the other flags and banners, because, you know, to hang a, a flag or a banner there, you know, we've hung stuff from club level, which means you need to get match day access to club level and various other things like that. Um, the giant flag that we have that, that Fergus mentioned at the start of the um, the pod um, is, is getting into the ground early, getting on the track, getting access for myself to get to the track, sort it out, 
work with the stewarding team, all that kind of stuff. So it's it's very much about building relationships. You know, you're not going to get anything. You're going to go into a meeting and say, this is crap, this is rubbish. You've got to do a better job at this. It's not really going to work like that. So it's about a little bit of give and take. There are certain things that we would want to do um, that I would feel very passionately about that we, but uh, stadium management, health and safety regulations, um, rightly or wrongly, are going to kind of put the kibosh on that. So if we're forever working on things um, and kind of pushing the boundaries and testing the water about what we can and can't do. The reality is that all of this stuff costs money, be that in materials, manpower, etc. Um, and Red Action have a pretty small budget, really. We don't really make money on too many things. Um, but then the club also, over the last few years, the, the budget has been reduced and reduced as, as things have gone on. Um, other more pressing uh, player wages for certain big earners and, and various things like that. And, and there's just that constant battle with working out what the budget is and right. what we've got to spend. Right, I mean, so I suppose ultimately the, the question is what you, you started off to try and break the Highbury library and, and build some atmosphere within, within the club, moved on to the Emirates and so on, uh, set up the singing section block six, that, that sort of corner. What are the, what are the ultimate objectives and what's the ultimate goal that you want to get from, from Red Action? I think it's to increase the engagement of the supporters in the stadium on match day. So you can, we could debate it all night, I'm sure, but I think it's probably as low as 20% for people who actually get themselves involved in the atmosphere, encourage the team, want to do something, get on their feet, you know, clap and cheer, try to encourage the team when we're on top and, you know, celebrate while we, when we score. Um, the, and then I feel that the silent majority, if you like, are really what's holding us back. So I think forever working on acknowledging that we've got some fantastic people in the stadium who go every week and are fully committed to engaging themselves in the atmosphere. And then obviously there's a, a, quite a percentage of people who are not really interested in what's going on on the pitch, distracted on their phone, various other things like that, trying to get a Wi-Fi signal, try to upload something to Instagram, etc. Um, all while the match is going on in front of them. And that does hurt the atmosphere. Um, and I think if we could work on that percentage of people who are engaging themselves, watching the game, getting behind the team, uh, we would have a much better atmosphere. As, as Trev mentioned earlier, we know that we can do it. Um, some of the fantastic atmospheres we've had in the last few uh, years, I mean, the 4-2 against Tottenham especially, well, I think was one of the best I've ever had. You know, the stadium was shaking there at the end when we scored the fourth goal. Um, but that is that is few and far between. I think we acknowledge that we need a good team as well and we need something that we can believe in. You know, the last few months of the Emery era where people didn't really believe in it. And then you see how things changed in the atmosphere as soon as um, Arteta took over. Better organisation, signs of improvement. That The crowd were really, really behind them, I think. Yeah. I think that really shows that if you give us a team that we can believe in, no matter what I say online or what I do on, on, on podcasts, if we've got a good team, um, and we are do, going all out to win. I think that is part of it as well. You know, the years of bimbling along and, and trying to scrape into fourth place and kind of make money um, after you know, on the Champions League revenue, having spent very little in the transfer market. It was difficult to engage people in that because you couldn't really see it, it changing. But with the new regime, uh, you know, the new manager, and we've actually spent a bit of money, although we've obviously got still got valid concerns about the ownership. Um, it's just giving the, t the fans something to believe in and, and getting more people involved in what happens. Put your phone down and get yourself involved is what I say online before every match, I think. You see, you see, I, 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 it's always been a, a, little, a little thing that I believe in is that to create the atmosphere is a two-way thing. I agree with you, Raymond, that it's a 50-50. If the players give us, give us as fans something to get, 
to get happy and, and loud about, then it, then it will happen at the Emirates. Admittedly, it doesn't happen often enough, and the fans have got to play their part in that. Interestingly enough, that the big flag goes right over the top of my of where I sit in Block Seven. It goes right, and I often use that nowadays to judge what type of fan we've got in the stadium that day in that area. Because you'll look as that flag comes out, you look around you, and the regulars like us are just stood there waiting for it to go over our heads, give it a poke, and push it back down again. Whereas often, I would say often, as many as 50% of people sat in that area are shocked because they don't know what's coming. They're first time visitors to the stadium that that you know that that they're new and 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 that I don't want to use that word, but they probably are tourists, you know. So sure. that doesn't help that corner at all these days, I don't think. Yeah, I agree with that. But we all started somewhere and we all went there for that first time. But if those Absolutely. people are enjoying themselves and, and they're uh, actually watching the game and engaging themselves in it rather than, um, you know, stuck stuck with their head in a screen or whatever, then I don't see an issue with that. I actually believe that the 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 we spoke about the age of the supporters in the ground earlier. And I think that is a big problem because uh, statistically across the Premier League, we do have the oldest age of season to get older. And it Did doesn't we? sound like much, oh. but yeah. Uh, it doesn't sound like much, but when you look at that, um, and I actually feel that there's a lot of people who've almost been going to Arsenal too long, and they are the early leavers and the people who come in 15 minutes after kickoff and they're sneaking out for half time, leaving on 79 minutes every week. And to be honest, that's where I think a lot of the issue is. You know, we have got 40,000 season ticket holders, and I, I, I talked about the 20% uh, rate there earlier where I feel they're engaged. And I think the season ticket holders have. Uh, you know, can play their part in that, and I'm sure that many of those will be complaining about the atmosphere, but do it, doing very little to to try and um, improve that. If you talk to Arsenal, you talk about stadium management, you talk about the flow of people around the stadium. There is a golden period of between 20 and 25 minutes when the most number of seats are filled, where during a match where all the latecomers are in place and before st- people start to. Uh, drift away for half time. That is when the stadium is at its fullest, which is a real shame. So over the over the years with Red Action, I've often been in a different part of the ground or displaced because I've been helping with some banner or uh, you know seeing as another set of fans or doing something, and I'm I'm racing to get back to my normal area in Block Six, and there is a huge amount of people who are just on the concourse, standing around, nursing a pint, watching the screen. These are not people who have been held up at work or got stuck on the tube who are racing in through the turnstile straight into their seat. These are people who actually aren't that bothered at, at watching the live match. And it's a, it's a really strange um, thing to see that you've paid all that money and you're actually going to watch it on a TV screen. On the, on do, you the, not, on. do you not think that football is a, is a social thing? And especially since the football has been so turgid over the last two or three years, especially under Emery, that it wasn't a joy to go and watch Arsenal, football, uh, Arsenal play football. And uh, my most enjoyable part of we'll call it a Saturday three o'clock but it's rarely a Saturday three o'clock but my my most enjoyable part of a Saturday three o'clock was meeting Trevor and the boys in the pub for a couple of pints we'd end up meeting at half time for a beer and sometimes the conversations would go on that well and we'd be really enjoying each other's company talking about Arsenal that you do find that you're staying there that maybe five minutes into into you know the, the new half one of the other questions I was you can answer that as well but one of the other questions I was going to ask you which is a bit around this sort of thing is how much support do you get from fans because we talked about the the flag and and the club itself and how many people are in red action because we all think there's loads. <laughs> well, well, I don't know where to start with all that. As far as uh, I, I, I'll tell you, what, start with finishing off about um, you know people socialising. Sure. 
So there, there is a, a, a kind of a, a lot of people who are in the local area on a match day who back in the day used to go all the time out of season to get etc. And they still come for the crack and for the pub and for the mates and the, and the, and the beers and the sing songs in the pub. And then they find a tea, um, at one of the pubs, if it's on Sky, watch it there, get someone with a hooky connection and watch it and be in sports or something. And I think that's fair enough because they're not taking up a, a seat in the stadium. There are a lot of other people who are a bit less motivated and they're sneaking in late. Uh, and you kind of, I ask myself, well, is it worth coming in, stay in the pub, you know, when it comes to season tickets, maybe put your season, your, your seat on ticket exchange, give someone else the chance to go. We all know that um, empty seats in the stadiums are, are a huge issue. Um, and all, most of those games are sold out. So again, we talk about engagement, at least a seat that's filled has got some chance to make a contribution. Yeah. You look at all those empty seats and I know there's issues, issues with the ticket exchange. And obviously, um, you know, if you've got an expensive ticket, trying to sell that for, for Newcastle at home on a Monday night or something can be pretty difficult. But at least uh, post it on ticket exchange and give someone else uh, someone else the chance to go. What were the other questions, Fergus? What, what, what support? Well, <laughs> these, these these two can be tied in. What support do you get from the fans, um, especially with the, the flag and stuff? And obviously, there's a team that is Red Action. Um, uh, you know how many of you are there, and 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 so on from there. Sure. Um, so uh, going back again to social media content and stuff. Before every home game, I'm I'm most likely asking for volunteers to help with various things, mainly the uh, the distribution of the big flag um, over the uh, the North Bank lower tier. Um, and sometimes I get two or three volunteers. Sometimes I get zero. Sometimes I get six or seven. So I'm always asking for people to come and lend a hand. Obviously, not everybody sits in the North Bank lower tier, and I, I totally get that. Um, but we are asking for volunteers at every game, and sometimes we get zero, and sometimes I get five or six. So it'll kind of depend on how it goes. So sometimes you see me unfolding that enormous flag by itself and then folding it all back up again to put it back in the box all by myself. Um, so we do look for support as much as we can. Um, and obviously, some people are, you know, midweek games, people are rushing there after work and all that kind of stuff. I do get that. So really, if, if everybody in the North Bank came to help me out once a season, then I wouldn't have any issues at all. Um, as far as, uh, you can kind of hear me alluding to it now, but as far as how many people are in the red action, so down the years, we probably started with 10 or 12, um, and not all of those individuals go to watch Arsenal anymore because they're a bit older and they've got a bit of disillusioned or, you know, life takes over. Um, and it's been kind of dwindled down, dwindled down. Um, and I'm one of the few kind of original members that still goes every week and is still very much enjoying that and, and still engaged in it and enjoying the social side of things. Um, so really, as far as uh, match going, it's, it's actually down to me now. So uh, as you said earlier, there is a little bit of a misconception that we are we number in our dozens or our hundreds, which I think mainly comes from the original setup of Block 6, where it was referred to as the Red Action section and there was some kind of um, assumption that all of those people were affiliated with Red Action in some way, which was never the case. They were just Arsenal fans, just like we are. You know, we don't have a, a membership fee or anything like that. The only thing is that if you, if you enjoy watching Arsenal and you like a pint and a sing-song, then, you know, absolutely come along and get involved. So, really, we've lost some numbers over the years. We're trying to build it up a little bit, but I think old habits die hard. And if you have to get out of the pub a little bit earlier to come and help me or miss that, miss that last beer or get a slightly earlier train to get to the ground, it can be difficult to get that yeah. engagement. But again, it comes back to engagement. We've got, you know, we've got a lot of people who have been going for so many years. We've got so many great pubs around the ground. People are, football fans are creatures of habit. They know what they like. They know what they like to do. Um, 
and getting them to change that can be quite difficult. So um, a lot of the time I'm kind of fighting against the tide and trying to get stuff done. Um, and then when people say, oh, why don't you do this? Why don't you do a full TFO for the whole ground? And it's like, can you come along and help me? And then I'll be like, well, I'm not actually going on there Thursday night. Which, which will bring us to one topic that I we talked about in the pub before. Before we get onto that topic, um, the club, you, you mentioned budget and so on, but how much um, and the relationship you've got with uh, Mark and, and some of the team within uh, behind the scenes at, 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 at the Arsenal, um, how much support do the club give you red action they give us um a, a really high level of support i've got to be clear about that um there are you know i couldn't do anything in that stadium without their support i couldn't put that flag out i couldn't i couldn't do anything because uh, i have to get access to the running track and have to get you know build a relationship with stewards and stuff um but also you know i'm very keen that we're not um we're not their patsies and we're not going to praise everything they do and give them an easy ride so um uh, you know, you've seen in the fans forum, it, it, I take that responsibility quite seriously, where if there's dis- difficult questions to be asked, I want to be asking it, putting them under pressure, um, maybe digging them out a little bit on social media and stuff like that. Uh, and sometimes that comes back to bite me on the arse. Uh, but I think that comes with the, with the territory. Uh, you know, I've had uh, senior members at the club ringing me up before to talk about some comments I've made and stuff like that. And then we can have it out that way. Be under no illusions that Arsenal follow uh, the social media very very closely and if there are any particular accounts who are making any negative comments or anything like that they will be all over that and investigating um and sometimes that can hurt us and some of the things that we've done in the ground going back a while now um you know some of there's an, an anti sammy nasri banner there was an anti spurs banner various other things like that um that you know some of us got stadium bans for and, and various other things like that but no regrets from my point of view um so we want to put them under pressure but we get a lot of we get a lot of support, certainly from the SLO and, and that relationship that we have there when it has mm. to go up the chain and we want to do something different as far as stadium management or need them to assist with some costs or something like that. That can be quite difficult. So actually, Ivan Gazidis was actually pretty good with stuff. So he would more often than not sign off stuff that we would need to, that we would want to spend money on. Um, it's a little bit more difficult with the new regime, particularly since uh, KSE took over in full and the budgets are all different and basically there is almost zero budget. So mm. if we go back now to talking about the giant flag, that is actually something that we crowd surfed. There were a couple of reasons for that. One of them was that it, it meant that we were able to control the content a little bit better. So if we weren't asking the club to pay for it, we could look at stuff like um, the motto and what people, you know, a different style cannon, people that, you know, who like the gun barrel facing left, that kind of stuff. The proper way. Rather than just a bit cleansed and, and the current badge and, you know, something like forward or let's go Arsenal or something a bit lame on it. Um, we were able to control that a little bit more. Obviously, it still had to be authorised and say that they were happy with it. But because it came from the fans and we got fantastic support on that and crowd surfed that for, I think, around five and a half grand within about seven days, which really showed the wow. um, kind of the, the reach of the social media thing because there was a lot of people from uh, around the globe uh, you know make checking in five quid ten quid which really added up pretty quickly which which was great um, but then there's other stuff well i was just gonna say i was just gonna say raymond I, I i know that you that that money you raised that money really quickly for that for that flag so there must be a lot of fans around the arsenal that hold you guys in very high regard to give that freely that quickly. So you must be doing something right. How do you think that's come about? I, I don't know. I think it's about just kind of 
trying to see it from both sides really you know there's a lot of people who think they know about red action and what we do and in reality they haven't got a clue uh, and there's uh, some people that give us credit for some things that we've we've not actually been involved in so it's just finding that balance i think um we've certainly got our knockers don't don't be under any illusions about that Trev. there are a lot of people who will complain about a lot of things that we do uh, there's a certain demographic about those people but i'm, I'm not going to get uh, bogged down in that now um but as far as looking forward and, and and you know bringing new people on board and, and the next generation and the junior gunners and that kind of stuff it's something that i feel really passionately about which to me probably subconsciously i'm thinking about this this average age of the season ticket holders and what we can do to get the next uh, the next well, generation involved. I mean, you look you look at the next generation and 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 you got Jack who's trying to do some some stuff with Ashburton Army. How much collaboration does um, Red Action have with them? How much how much do they support you? You support them, and are you in contact with them much? I'm in contact with them quite a lot on, on social media. So the, they asked us for a couple of um, a little few bits of advice, and I've. On a couple of occasions, I felt just today, look, just to give them a little bit of advice, um, you know, with the uh, the area they have, they've been uh, using in the clock end and stuff and about building relationships with the stewards and the teams around there, because I've seen that go sour pretty quick. We all know that there's the kind of the don't ask, don't tell thing about the standing in, in, in block six and most of the North Bank lower as it is now. And that has come over, that has come about after, you know, years of, working with the club and, and kind of building that relationship and making sure that the, the behaviors are there and they've lost a few people due to being ejected and some people have got stadium bands and stuff but what i don't want to do is just be a load of gray heads you know proper arsenal old school gooners going in there telling them what's right and what's wrong and i definitely don't want to be doing that because you know i've had, i get still get that now from all angles about oh it was never like this we didn't do it that way we didn't used to sing that and, and a lot a big part of me wants to let them find their own way a little bit it sounds a little bit corny, but rather than saying do this, don't do that, they'd come to come to me with for with a few questions or ask for a contact or something like that. Um, you know, they, they had a, I think they were trying to do something about a TFO for the for the north, uh, the clock end for I think it was uh, the Man United game, which was was it New Year's Day, I think. Um, yeah. And I could I could see straight away that their timelines weren't going to work, and they were asking for donations, and they didn't even have a design. And I was telling them, look, printers shut down for Christmas, and you need to give four weeks for manufacture and five days for delivery and, and, and just had to kind of get them to put the brakes on a little bit really. But as far as enthusiasm and, and getting organized and finding their own way, I think they're definitely on the right track. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, safe standing, uh, singing section, singing section we've type of touched on, but safe standing, are you a supporter of safe standing? Yeah, 100%, but obviously that's not something that you or I are going to be able to, uh, yep. to affect all going to be about legislation so i think it's coming the day is coming but um you've been in the uh, fans uh, fans forum uh, meetings fergus and there is a huge amount of infrastructure work that the club would need to do i think first of all it's all about um getting that legislation passed and then after that looking at what we could do at emirates and talk about the rake of the lower tier and various other things like that and it's all it's all totally valid questions it's not just they're talk, a they're talking about just having to empty the stadium within eight minutes as well as another uh, health yeah. and safety issue yeah yeah and it's not just about ripping out the seats and, and going back to old style old school style uh, terracing there is a lot more to it uh, and there's a lot of people who are a little bit misinformed about that for example it will reduce the capacity everyone i heard it i heard that it would keep the capacity the same but not increase it where people thought you would get an extra five thousand in 
No, I think it's going to re re reduce it by about 5% is what I've heard. Um, and yeah, it would be good for the atmosphere. Uh, but again, you know, you go back to the average age of the Arsenal season to go there, how many of those guys and girls actually want to be standing now for, for a couple of hours um, every week? So mm -hmm. we need to look at that as well. But again, it will be good. So, you know, you think about people like the Aspetan Army and, uh, and the junior gunners, you know, they probably never officially stood at a football match. And, and you know, the, us old bastards have got the, uh, got the advantage on them in, in that way. Um, obviously, the facilities were very different kind of when, when we were all younger. Um, but if they've got the opportunity to getting a safe standing section, you know, all properly controlled, the access is still all really closely controlled and it's as safe as possible, then absolutely yeah. is something that we would be behind. Um, see, I, 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 sorry, Fergus. You, no, carry on, Trev. Uh, I, I, I was just sitting here thinking about where would they put safe standing because the two extra rows on the front of the club level have, have completely taken away a lot of the sight line for the back rows of of the lower tier, haven't they? They've they've had to put um they've had to put TV screens in at the back rows of the lower tier because they can't now see the scoreboards. So I can't see how they would put safe standing in the lower tier because if they had it towards the front, the people at the back wouldn't be able to see. If they had the standing at the back, you wouldn't see anyway. So it's a it's a hell of a dilemma. What what do they do? Yeah, and then also if you have even if you have a little block from back to front, the, the seats either side of that, the sidelines are going to be affected from there as well. So then those people in those official seated areas would need to stand up to see certain areas of action. Um, I don't think that they the addition of the extra roles in club level have, have taken anything into account in regards to safe standing. I'm fairly sure of that, um, and it's still a pipe dream at the moment, and it's probably I don't know five five years minimum at least before anything would actually be in place. Obviously, we can talk about it, and but and, until the legislation gets changed, um, certainly at Arsenal, there would, and there would be need to be quite a significant um, change in the infrastructure of the stadium. You went through a really difficult time, or we all went through a very difficult time in the last um, three, four years of Wenger's era, uh, where the ground turned very, very toxic, uh, and it was very, very hard to generate an atmosphere. Would you say that was one of the most challenging times for Red Action? And how did you try and overcome some of the toxicity among a lot of the old folks as well? <laughs> I'm not sure how I can answer that question, Fergus, to be honest. It was after a while it became apparent that the only thing that was going to get the team back on track was, was a change of manager. And then 18 months later, when Emery was in charge, we, we were almost back to square one. So it takes me back to the subject we were talking about earlier and that if we've got a team we can believe in and, and, and something that we can people can get excited about, the atmosphere is better. If the investment isn't there on the pitch, if we're looking at pl players that we decide are not good enough to wear the shirt and we think are substandard and we're not well prepared and there's no intensity and there's no plan that then the fans will will disengage pretty quickly um the, the venga situation obviously went on for a while and you know could have gone out with a bang after an fa cup win or two but chose to go on and on and it, it was a it was a real sad time and, and the the divisions within the fan base was uh you know absolutely heartbreaking at times you know i remember being at wembley fa cup semi-final and seeing people, arsenal fans rolling in the aisles fighting each other because yeah they Sad. didn't agree with that. Did, it was a real, did you have any input? On, did you have any input on the the, the farewell, the mercy arson? Uh, no, zero. Okay, 
Okay. Uh, lastly, um, we spoke uh, in the pub. We, were, we went to the Tolly after uh, the, the, that evening uh, in the boardroom. And we spoke and you got your heckles up straight away a little bit when I first suggested uh, this because um, uh, my daughter lives in Germany. Uh, my uh, daughter's partner is an avid Dynamo Dresden fan, is number one and an Arsenal fan also. And I had just come back just before Christmas after seeing there was like about 40 German away supporters at this ground, uh, at this at, at Dresden's uh, ground. But the whole of their K block had, um, they didn't have uh, the flares and the TFOs and, and all that stuff on this one. It was a quiet game, but they had big flags out. They had uh, four capos with drums and loudspeakers. And, and I, I said to you, said, we should try and get something like that going. And your reaction was, Jesus, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, uh, you know, be under no illusions, Fergus. You're not the first person to say, I've solved it. Let's do it the German way. Because that is a lot of people, a lot of what people do. It's like, you know, someone tweet me on, you know, tweet me on, uh, send me a tweet on Twitter and say, look, let's just be more like Dortmund fans and then say thank you very much and kind of dust their hands and go, there, I solved it. It's not quite as easy as that. Um, I think if you're not an Arsenal fan and you're not from London, um, it sounds like an easy answer. Uh, but London is, it, London is very different. You know, there's, it's such a, a melting pot um, and people are very different to, uh, you know, kind of that culture that you might have in, in, in Germany. Uh, if you stand up at the front of the North Bank with a megaphone and, you know, try and start a chant, people are just going to look at you and go, who is this dickhead? And who the fuck is he to tell me what to, what to sing? Um, and, and that kind of structured stuff. And, and I'll be honest, we have tried that before. And it got exactly the response that I was expecting. Various things like megaphones uh, and drums and stuff like that. It's just... That Arsenal fans, are very, the phrase I use often is, is too cool for school um, because they don't really want to be told what to sing and when to sing it and what to do, which I've absolutely no problem with because that is the culture and that is the, that is a very much a London thing. Um, but that structure and exactly what to do and the capos and the guy down the front with his shirt off hanging off the barrier. That would be dreadful. Almost not watching the match. It will not be Trev. Facing the supporters. People will be like, get out of bloody way, mate. I can't see. And the yeah. stewards have been get, getting him down off the fence. So I personally don't think it would work. We've tried it. I think it's important to acknowledge the difference in culture between the biggest club in the greatest city in the world and, and some other clubs and the differences in the fan base and the differences in the culture. Um, but again, maybe it comes back to the age thing again. Um, but I just don't think it would work. So, yeah, you definitely got my hackles up the first time, but um, we, I, I have heard it all before. We, we we did have a constructive conversation about it because I think your response, first of all, was, but who's going to go down the front then? You're not, are you? And I said, I well, will. That, well, that, that's it. It's like we should get a drum, mate. Okay. Do you want to be the drummer? Uh, no, not, not me. Not behind me in block seven, you don't. And, and I don't want to stand next to it either. So you should definitely get a drum as long as it's nowhere near me and I don't have anything to do with it. There you go. I've solved your atmosphere for you, mate. So we get a lot of that as well. So there used to be a drummer back in, uh, I think it was around maybe 2008, 2009. I don't know, Trevor, if you remember it, if you were in Block 7 back then. And there was a drummer who came along and for about half a season, it was, it was all right. Um, but the individual who was the drummer got so much abuse from fellow Arsenal fans um, for doing what she was doing. Uh, she actually gave up her season season ticket and never came back because of that kind of that kind of focus and that who are you to tell me what to do and no I don't want to sing that now and and all the problems that 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 brought so it was a real shame 
you know, never say never. We might try this thing again. But um, I don't know about you, but to kind of understand the demographic. I, I do hear a drum sometimes coming from somewhere in the North Bank upper, and it's not banging the it's not banging the the, the, the side of the stand. I can hear a drum there, and I do know the Ashburton Army sometimes have some sort of drum going on down there as well. So it, it it's not you know it's not uncalled for. I think it's difficult. I think this is where our conversation was in the pub. I said it's difficult to have the the drum right beside you if you're standing in the seat, but yeah. they've got the track and so on, and they've got that area that they could put. There, there are areas they could put somebody who's cleared and everything else to put a drum. Yeah, and we've talked about uh, having things like that on the track previously with the club, and but it, it, unfortunately, it's locked down because it's all about safety access and emergency access. You know, we talked about flares. We talked about you, you know you've got someone who is a uh, pyrotechnics professional whatever one of those is standing on the track you're four five six meters from any of the fans you let you know you've got a flare under control conditions teams coming out for a big night game you know a big european game a home to you know madrid juve someone like that munich fans are, teams are coming out and all of a sudden a whole load of red flares get held up at the bottom of the north bank would look amazing but there are many, many restrictions and regulations that prevent us from doing that. So we are thinking about all that kind of stuff, but mm. unfortunately there's a, there's, there are a lot of blockers. Talk about stuff like the old roof banners as well that you see quite a lot in Germany as well, um, where things would come down from the roof with a, in that kind of diaphanous material that you can see through, but um, a huge mosaic of you know some of our famous players or... Uh, I wanted to do something for the 10 year of anniversary of leaving Highbury, you know, bring down a big kind of the facade of the, of the East stand or something like that, bring it down in front of, uh, in front of the East stand at Emirates thought it would have looked amazing, but there's is safety issues with the roof and various other things like that, um, that we weren't able to proceed with. So we're always thinking of ideas, but unfortunately there's quite a few blockers in the way. Okay. Trev, did you have any final questions that you'd like to ask Raymond? Uh, well, a, a couple of observations, uh, and then and then I've got a question. I'll finish off with. I, I was born and raised in London, Raymond, uh, North London boy, born and raised, in, and I do understand when you say about us Londoners, we, we're a strange type of person. We'll get involved with stuff if we want to, not when people tell us to. Fully get that, mate. Fully get that. Um, I I love going to away games in Europe. I wish we could be more like them. I mean, I go to all European aways. I love Germany. I love Greece. Uh, Portugal's a bit special as well. But talking of atmosphere, just, just one last question from me, Raymond, talking of atmosphere. The fact that we've got corporate hospitality, the full circle of the Arsenal pitch, and not just the boxes, the club level as well, does that hinder the creation of an atmosphere, do you think? Taking into account the design, I'm not going to name them, I don't like naming them, taking into account the designs of other stadiums before and since. If, you, if you're talking about a not-so-dear neighbours down the road, I think they have got exactly the same issues that we have and that they can absolutely do it on the big night um, and then all the other games in between, the home, the standard league home games, that they have very, very similar issues to us, which is which may be the North London boy thing, the, the, the Londoners thing. Um, so I think and a lot of those grounds are, are, are similar with their atmosphere challenges around the UK. As far as the club-level thing goes, I, I don't know. I don't think it's an issue. I, I totally acknowledge that it's it's part of the game and it's part of sport now is to make a lot of money from that 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 kind of prawn circle um but it's 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 about engagement i mentioned it earlier it's you know even if anyone in club level never made a noise but the the entire lower tier was absolutely rocking 
club level would, would be, be neither here nor there. Um, so I think it, it's all about the amount of people in the ground who are who are contributing. I know people who sit in club level, they get involved everywhere. You can see them up there giving, you know, really, really getting involved. Um, but it's the amount of people that we have that don't really engage themselves, can't put their phone down, totally distracted, not watching what's going on, not understanding the game and, and, and how the team are playing. Um, that is where our issue is. So when we talk about the end goal for Red Action, it's, it's one, it's getting seats filled, which, which is a massive challenge. And there are various reasons for that. But when there are people in those seats, what can we do to increase that engagement? You know, the club talk about improving Wi-Fi access and all that couldn't couldn't be a worse thing to happen as far as I'm concerned. People who can now upload everything and serve Twitter and everything that they want to do instead of actually watching watching what's going on in front of them. So it's about engaging people, getting them involved, and then the atmosphere will be better after that. I agree. And if anything, the opposite would be best. Turn the Wi-Fi off and block the 4G signal. And, Absolutely, uh, I, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more, Trevor. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people will talk about our oh, stadium design. It doesn't hold the sound, or all the stewards, or allow safe standing. But you know, what we can do it. That place can be absolutely rocking when we want it to be. Unfortunately, that's more the exception than the rule. Um, but it's up to the fans. It's like, oh well, it's not our fault. It's stadium design, stewards, lack of safe standing. No, it's, it's up to the supporters in the ground. If there were sixty thousand supporters in the ground, baying for blood every week. Believe me, that would be a fantastic atmosphere. So um, I think we've got to look at, look quite inwardly um, and say, look, supporters who go to the ground, you're, you're part, either you're part of the problem or part of the solution. So get yourself involved and, and let's improve the atmosphere on match days. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Raymond, do you want to give out your Twitter handle so people can follow you on Twitter? Sure. It's at Red Action AFC. Um, so obviously not too much going on at the moment, just kind of messing around with some of the other contacts we've got on there and posting a few memories and pictures of old banners and stuff. But yeah, Red Action AFC. So give us a follow if you're not already. Brilliant. Thank you very, very much. Really, I really enjoyed this, actually. Well, we had a good good old chat in the pub that night, um, uh, but uh, it's a bit better with a clearer head, I, th I can tell you that. Um, uh, I'm, 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 and I wish you all the best of luck. I did go down, actually. Funny enough, I did go down the very next game. Uh, it wasn't a West Ham game. Actually... It was the West Ham game. I did go down the front and ask the steward, have you seen Raymond? He said, oh, there's no, there's no flag out today. So you're right about your relationship. They all knew you. Yeah, so that was that was actually COVID-19 uh, related. So that was the day where everybody was washing their hands. Uh, never seen the queues for the uh, the, the, the basins in, in the gents' toilets of football before. But then also <laughs> when they, they were worried about contamination and stuff, so we weren't allowed to give the flag out, uh, to put the flag out over people's heads and stuff because obviously there was still a lot of... Um, maybe misunderstanding about how it was transmitted and stuff. So I got a message uh, Thursday or Friday from, from Mark, the SLO saying, look, it's not going out this week. And obviously I, you can argue with that. It's, you nope. know, it's such an important issue. Uh, so yeah, it was not out of that game, but once we're through all this, whenever that, whenever that is, I look forward to you coming down and giving me a hand again. Folks. Definitely will do. Thank you very much. Travis. always. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Thank you very, very much. You have been watching a Guns and Yellow Ribbons, or listening maybe, to a Guns and Yellow Ribbons podcast, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Listen, in this lockdown period, we're trying to do all different types of content, but the one thing we do ask you to do is stay home, stay safe. Uh, you are saving lives. Up the Arsenal. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons and remember to rate and review us too.